we're going on the record with DJ Ryan Vandal, a guy that we consider to be great at marketing himself as well as his understanding of performance through DJing in relation to bars, restaurants, and clubs. We all have different business models, and music plays a large part in all of them. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through your platform. On the Record with DJ Ryan Vandal starts now. Oh, man. This is going to be delicious. Thank you so much, Rye, for bringing through some Sloop Juice Bombs. Uh, coincidentally enough, they sponsor the show. You've made a great, fantastic choice here. Beautiful choice. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I, I think this is cool, too, because, you know, how many conversations have we had now? We've talked coffee. We've had business owner restaurant talks. We've done uh, a couple of different chefs architectural now. talks. We've had chef talks. And someone's like, why the hell are they interviewing a DJ? What, what is this? Well, but, why? Because have you ever walked into a restaurant that isn't playing any music? No. Well, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we've got we've got Ryan Vandal here today. Welcome. What's up? How's it going? This is a spectacle to have you here. And I think we're going to talk a lot about the various things that you're definitely an expert in. And one of that is DJing. One of those other things, I think, personally, is branding, right? Like, yeah. You started off branding yourself at the end of the day, which is how you formulated this whole thing. I did. And I think, you know, being a DJ or any business owner, you have to kind of do a lot of things when it comes to branding and marketing. You have to be your own machine, you know, until you're able to get five, six different people working on your, on your brand or your business. So do you have a team that's helping out in all these various channels? I do, but it's still, it's still always a struggle because, you know, I always have to be on top of it, make sure everything's going well. Well, sure. And I mean, you've been doing it since you were a kid. Since I was 10. Yeah. 10. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. At 10, they were like, he's going to be a prodigy DJ, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely remember seeing your um, wrapped van like years and years ago, like yeah. right after high school. I remember yeah. seeing that parked outside places. A lot of people honking. I was always <laughs> mad, and then I was like, oh, can I curse on here? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Ask that now. now I'm just yeah. going to put a bleep on every single thing you said, <laughs> <laughs> just for fun. <laughs> so, yeah, people were just honking at me, and I, was, I got so annoyed, and I, then I said, honk if you need a DJ. <laughs> I always just forgot that. But yeah, that was, it was cool. That was, that was a funny thing. So, yeah. like, uh, we'll, we'll touch on it quickly, though. And you had a love for music as a kid, I presume, and that essentially evolved into getting a pair of CDJs or maybe some Tech 1200s, right? Yeah, I always had. I was, like, in the, the theater, the arts, kind of, you know, singing and dancing and whatnot when I was young. And then it kind of just transpired into DJing. It took, like turntable and my neighbor's records and just started scratching because my parents would get pissed if I started scratching on their records. So, so you found the whole notes album next door was, and you were like, let me scratch she, on that. She had some weird shit. Yeah, it was like <laughs> classical and I was, I mean, I made it work. I learned how to scratch from that. I guess, sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there's a couple different types of scratches at the end of the day. Not to go super deep into the the, the DJing side of things, but you got the crab down, right? Yeah. What's that sound make? Yeah. This is what I love about DJs is they make these sounds nonstop. It's fantastic. So then what else you got? What other sounds you got? Uh, what's some of the other scratches? I know the crab one. That's the only one I remember. Oh, oh man. There's so many. Um, I'm horrible with names. I, can, I wish we had turntables. I can just kind of show you. Do you and in the evolution of the way music has gone, I had a pair of 1200s, right? And that's yep. the this, that was the standard for so long. I still uh, use them. Do you? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, and then CDJs kind of came along and people were like, well, I don't have to carry crates anymore, right? 
They and had then, CDs too. There were CDs, right? Yep. Yep. Totally. And then the Serato box popped out of nowhere. That was like the best thing and the worst thing, I think. Right? <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Because it made it so much more accessible to people to be able to just be a DJ now by getting this box and plugging it into a laptop. And, oh, I've got all this music. Now I figured out how to do it. Um, and then having things make, having a Serato box make things more accessible to people, did that start hurting the DJ as far as getting gigs? And um, I think in a way it kind of just, it's like everyone can be a DJ. So as far as like there, this is just my opinion. I think talent has gone. There's been a big loss for talent in like the DJ world as a whole because anyone could pick up and get a gift for their Christmas or holiday and kind of say, hey, I'm gonna be a DJ. So yeah, I think that you know people building a brand now is super super important. I think there's a lot of less talent out there personally because of that. And I think that kind of makes sense. This is the same thing that happens with a lot of things. As soon as it becomes easily accessible for like the masses, everybody dips their hand into it, and then it just all becomes watered down. Same thing happened with um, photography. I used to consider myself a photographer. Now everybody has a yeah, freaking camera in their pocket, so everybody's a photographer. You know true. what I mean? And apps like Adobe Lightroom yeah. come come about or Photoshop that just make things so much easier for you to actually you need produce less, a like, nice photo. Knowledge and skill to do what used to be. Uh, hard task. Exactly. Yeah, you need. A, yeah, you basically need to be everything, right? You need to market yeah. it. You need to brand it. Yeah. It's, yeah. You need a whole kind of team. You need to be a one man team. Personally. And that's that's one woman team. Every that's with every business though too. And and now you do own your own business, I do. and it is an entertainment company. That's correct. Uh, so doing that too, you have to have a team around you that's able to help get everything in order, whether it be the sales side, the marketing side, or the execution showing up on the scene to actually deliver what is needed for that event, right? Yeah, I think a lot goes into it. Just like, you know, you're not getting booked for four hours to do an event. You're getting, you're, the legwork is going to be months and months of preparation, and you need everybody, you know? The DJ isn't going to be doing the lights and the MC is not going to be whatever it might be taking photos, you know? So that's, it's definitely cool. It's cool. It's cool to have the diverse type of events and have a good team behind me that, you know, I can trust to do the, the really, really cool events. So it took me travel the whole world, basically well, not the whole world, but you know, well, a good part it, of it. There's been huge growth over the last 10 years, I, I think at least, right? Yeah. Um, in, in saying that too, you do a, handful of different type of things you definitely started off doing more bar work i think right showing up to whatever yeah. the local pubs are and throwing yeah. a friday night saturday night party to then yeah. now graduating somewhere doing some radio in between there a little shape 45 showing shape, up yep yeah, shape 45 some interns some help work some guest djing i was on desert storm mm-hmm. with the clue for a while and uh, yeah i mean kind of just i was i was interning for enough Shouts to enough. I was a hot ninety seven. That was cool. Did so I was just finding my a lane. A list, yeah. Nope. Did you read my bio? He must be <laughs> <laughs> I used to. I used to sleep on that a list radio couch uh, okay. for like four hours before going in to do the boards for the shows. So, um, but yeah, you know that journey. You start learning one thing, and it tumbleweeds into learning more. And it's as true. time goes on, you take those previous learnings and you apply them to new things which is how you develop your own business at some point because you've already taken your burns previously down the road. Exactly. Where then you can say, okay, this is how we do this. I need invoices for this. I need to send these out appropriately or I have to follow up and get paid. 100%. You find what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, what you don't want to do. Um, I didn't want to get on the radio side of things um, just specifically, but I know people that want to do that and they've been 
doing that extremely well. So just kind of finding what I'm good at, what I'm not good at, and you know, this is what I like to do for my career. This is my career. So I think finding the journey definitely helped me kind of figure out where I want to be and all that. So it was cool. That's important too with ownership too, where you said finding what he's good at, what he's not good at. You have a partner just in right. Smokehouse, <laughs> and I'm sure you're both not equally good at the same things. Like, no, and when we started, we had, same same like you just said, we had to figure it out. We were both doing both things all the time. We yeah. realized Mike is better in the back. I'm better in the front. We split that up. And it was a good decision making. It was a good decision. <laughs> so you figure out what you really want to do, you're yeah. much better at it. Right, how we each partner at value and you know, what right each of the strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. 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 I've had a couple partners sometime and it doesn't work out. You know, stuff. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. You know? Yeah. Well, you've been you've understand. been popping up everywhere because in the last couple months I've been seeing on my story someone's at a party and then all of a sudden there there you are. They're like filming the DJ and really? they're like, Look at this DJ, he's killing that's, it and I'm like, Oh, I know that guy. That's my that's my boy right there. That's funny. Yeah, when we go we go way back. I'm a huge, you know, burger beer person, so smokehouse that's the spot right there. So we touch we were just talking about this a little bit earlier too, and that's content. Um in finding we were saying that we do these events, sometimes they won't bring direct monetary value back to the company itself but you're doing these events to get content at the end of the day because this is the world that we're living in now is that we just eat things up so quickly that we just need more we need more we need more yeah so it's never ending in you doing these events too how important is it for you to be getting photos taken while you're doing this or running around with a photographer or videographer to cover the events that you're actually doing so I, th- I think content's huge. I think that you have to find your lane and exactly what you want to do. Um, we try, at least in my company, to do like you know the high end work and mostly do that, and that's kind of all we try to do. But also, you have to do other jobs that may not be at, at the margin that you want. Um, I mean, I don't want to be the Walmart of weddings or mitzvahs or suites of scenes. Also, that's not what I really want to brand it anyway. So I think it's just. There's definitely times to do it. You know, there's definitely time. We never. I always say you're never too big to do something for free, or to show love to people that you care about. And you know, if I'm free, I'm always going to do something to help out. So, just when you get really busy, I guess that's different. You know, time. But if you have the time, I say why not. Did that answer your question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now don't ask me any more fucking questions. <laughs> Need the fucking horn or something. Sound effects. No, you're good. <laughs> Uh, no, but, you know, the people listening to the show, too, are they're guys that own businesses, right. restaurants or bars, whatever it is, or people that serve or bartend in this industry, too. And a lot of things that they don't realize is they are their own brand and they are selling themselves also. They're attached to the business that they work at. So if they're not really pushing and doing the social media to get the attention back in, in the current landscape of the world that we right. live in, yeah. then like it hurts them a little bit because they're not actually getting their reach out as far as they could be or pulling in as much business as maybe they could be as well. It's definitely true. Yeah, there's a so much business out in like the content world and through Instagram and social media, the amount of DMs I get when just people say, oh, I was at this party, you were DJing it, or I bet you get a lot of stuff. Hey, like I found out through Smokehouse through a friend or someone's Instagram. That's like sure. how it is, but some people just don't want to get on that wave. I think it's going to hurt them a lot if they don't. In our current landscape. And, and currently how it's going, right. So, totally. And and it's almost sad. I'm so anti-Web like mm-hmm. 3.0 world that we're in, but 
I also, I was going to say simultaneously, just hates when I say simultaneously, <laughs> but simultaneously, it's important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Uh, just does call me and he goes, where's my video? Where's my video? And I, I go, my hands are tied. I can't just sit on Final Cut and rip down a video real quick. Always. I try. I try. I think you make it harder than it seems. See, that's the thing. You, you don't know. You don't know the struggle. I, Talk just, to I mean, a, actually, you're right because I just watched you 30 minutes try to plug in some headphones. Jay <laughs> has struggles. He has problems. Can you talk to Ryan? He's got a whole team around him just so he can get this thing done. Okay. Do you have like a uh, set schedule to when you update your social medias? Is there like a certain number of posts you try to do? Yeah. Week? So I'm so bad. Like recently, I've been horrible with it. I, I had a personal photographer, video guy. I mean, it gets, it gets tough because everyone's schedules are different, and I'm not trying to. You know, like blow the bank every t- every single day. You know, even if I'm not doing an event, and do that. But yeah, as far as the schedule, yeah, I definitely need to probably get more consistent with it. Mm-hmm. Going away on, for a month um, next week, so that should be cool. I'm trying to figure out how to do content there by not bringing a video person. So mm-hmm. start posting a Craigslist in that country. Yeah, you, right? <laughs> yeah well, somebody will want to do it. Whatever Someone. you do, just don't hire this guy. Some, yeah, some crazy guy. I mean, the, the amount of, like, free work that I've done throughout my life is to strengthen my resume of at course. the end of the day. And yeah. I have three different resumes I could hand out to people. I could do a restaurant resume. Yeah. I could do a radio resume. Mm-hmm. And then I could do a graphic design resume for all different work that's done. And nobody knows what you got for what or, or if it was It doesn't free, matter. It doesn't matter, day. right. It's, it's like, just, what was the work done? Who'd you work with? Exactly. We that's, did Hot 97. Yep. We did A-List Radio. We did Shave 45. There like, you go. That's a strength in radio. As far as restaurants go, you work for all these notable places. And that's another topic I would like to hit on is when you're working for all these notable places, does it hurt you sometimes working for a bar that's maybe less known? So... Well, but I mean, you can always choose to leave something off your resume. So, yeah, well, that's the thing. Or, like, also, there's a lot, a lot that I do that's not on my Instagram. I mean, I'm like, this is totally going to be all over it. But there's, you know, there's times, like you said, it's a constant grind with the, with the content. So you have to, you know, you have to make a schedule and some things you don't show, some things you do. And I don't, I try not to show just my highlights. I want us to see, I want people to know, like, this is like you all in the business. Like there's been struggles and there have been great times, you know? Yeah. That makes it more, like, relatable and easy for people to, like, get into. You need to post relatable content, right? Yeah. We do a big event with, like, 1,500 people. That's all over the place. I do someone's backyard party with 20 people in it. I'm not really talking about that too much. Right. And the way you can angle it, I think, would even – I think it's the way you angle it that you can actually put it on social media. There's a certain way to do it. That's a good statement. Right? This this dude is a marketer right here. (laughs) That's only a statement a marketer would make, you know? Angle it. Angle it in the way that it needs to be viewed to make it look attractable, right? Right. Well, just, yeah, attractable, attractable. Appeal- appealable. Appealing? I make up Appealing. words all the time. Yeah. It works. <laughs> Someone out there is like, attractable. That's a good one. If you don't question it, he says it was You just let it go, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. But he kind of, no, he, kind of flew over my head. He, he was, he was <laughs> questioning when he said it. I was like, no, nah, I can't let you get away with that. <laughs> so, but let's rewind a little bit here, right? Yeah. Uh, in getting to know you here. Uh, Newham's just said that, yeah, you had a rap van. I did. How old were you when you had the rap van? I want to say I was in 11th grade. Yeah, there there was... were not guys running around with rap vans. And the only people that were were people like, you know, Shasta Camillo and, yep. you know, Shasta Heavy Hitters and Shasta, all yeah. the people. Heavy Hitters is DJ crew, by yep. the way. In uh, case you didn't know. Well known, yeah. yeah. They probably didn't know. They, yeah. they probably yeah, didn't. They had no idea. You say Camillo, he's talking about DJ Camillo, yeah, DJ Enough. These are, these are big DJs that have been around for a long time. 
in hip hop world. So yeah, I mean, besides there was like DJ Magic, he had a car show. It did a lot, really kind of dipped into a lot of different like I was like a hip. My name was Little Rye at the time, so I had like a hip hop kind of vibe. I was doing strip club. It was kind of just like, all right, what the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> so I had to rebrand. And that's kind of where I am today. I definitely remember seeing that little red truck outside of Old Smokehouse before the renovations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. back when it was like a lunch counter. So the little red truck would be right out front. Don't breeze over the truck, right? <laughs> no, the, this the, the, truck the, was, the truck was great. This I, was the I, earliest. wrapping it. Uh, well, this is the earliest. Wait, is this still say Little Rye on it? No, no. Oh, I had to. Once I checked, first, <laughs> the picture was probably like, I don't know. So, oh, it was so old. It's just, and the guy, fuck, they fucked up on the wrap. So like they messed up. The Photoshop, so it looked like I had was like bottom of a strawberry. Like, it looked great. like I hated it, but I was like, all right, it took like three months to do. I said, all right, whatever, let's just put it out there, and it worked. I mean, yeah, it's cool marketing, right? No, yeah, nobody was absolutely. paying attention to the photo on it as much as you think, right? Well, the left always side was better than the right side, but I had a, so yeah, it was always sides. a problem. Yeah, so I had to try to yeah see what I was parking what angle. back to the angles. So. In those earliest terms, were you just kind of emulating guys that were already doing what was perceived successful or maybe successful to that point where you said, all right, this is a good idea in marketing. Let's wrap the truck. Yeah. And I think right. that it was, it was, I mean, it was definitely a lot of money for being you know young and uh, not even money, a risk kind of just, okay, cool. I'm going to put my fucking face on a van and just drive everywhere and my, my office number on it and all my Instagram, I mean, wasn't actually Instagram wasn't. At the time, it wasn't out yet. So Twitter and BBM, the BBMs used to go crazy. <laughs> but it's a kind of like a vulnerable <laughs> right. thing, putting your all your information, your face, and then driving around in a fucking van. Most of the time, I wasn't driving it. So like it'd be other people. Down like, a homeless guy, like, yo, you <laughs> want a job? That was it. Yeah, I paid him like a dollar a day, and he was, it was all good. Um, but yeah, no, it was that was definitely one of the part of the journey. That was fun. It was a lot of good times. So that's an, that's an easy aspect in, you know, getting a name out there and restaurants do this too. Bars do it too. They wrap their trucks. Just you're wrapping a truck right He's now. He's got a wrap yeah. truck right now. That's yeah. dope. It's taking like three months to do it. Oh, it's still not even done yet. No. Oh, <laughs> at, at the end of the day, he'll have it though. And yeah. it'll be driving around town or parked somewhere and absorbing tickets. If you right. forget to pay absorbing the, the meter, uh, <laughs> we have meters out here where we live. <laughs> you got to pay those. Yeah. But so in, in, in branding and doing this, you said, all right, we're wrapping the truck because we have to get people to know that I'm doing this. And there's a number on there. Come back to me on MySpace, whatever it was at that time. Yeah. BBM, BBM, MySpace. (laughs) And then also you had a website then being built out at the same time. So much money on websites. I don't know why it's, I just like, it was just, it was a thing, right? It's something about, you know, marketing and. Showing what, see, <laughs> Take that's this. funny, right? Because, uh, yeah, so I can show you the actual site. But yeah, it's fucked up. So uh, I, I, I hate that pointed, picture. I just pointed out the website we had on the big screen for him. So, yeah, so obviously that's not, that's like a, like a splash page. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, it's important. So, for example, if someone Googles my name, they look it up, what, whatever they're going to see, that's not a, really a website. But I think it's important to... Um, you know, it's important to, you know, me doing this tour, I think it's important that it's, people only know what they see, right? So I'm right. in front of their face with a van, um, and now I changed my name, right? And it's so just it's confusing. So I think if I was giving advice on, like, some type of marketing or branding, stay consistent. Um, and I would probably, I had to change my name just because it wasn't the vibe that I was looking for. It was almost hurting me than doing any good. That that also leads me into a, another thing I want to talk about too. As somebody that does graphic design, I like to look at branding and logos as my dominant area. 
Right. So to see you evolve as somebody DJing and a public figure, uh, sort of speak too, is you shed or you shed the little wry look to have also a more modern persona, really, at the end of the day. Yep. And rebranding to something that's more current to the times. And a lot of times when I do design work, I'm trying to look ahead to see what will last longer than something that's just going to be there for a year and then say, yeah. that's just a trend. That's, that's smart going to that change. you do that. Smart that you do that because um, a lot of people don't. Um, that was just a nickname that I got, the first name. So it was kind of stuck with me. Like well, I you said, were 10. It was 10. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. so literally, it was, they just called me. A, I don't think I was much, I'm much bigger than I am now. So they're like, oh, little Ryan. And it kind of stuck. And then the Ryan Vandal thing, yeah, it was, it was cool. It could go, you know, corporate. It can go whatever. Nightclub, there's not really, I'm not putting me in a box. So And, and that's important. And yeah. not only that, but Ryan Vandal doing a show at Vandal is a riot to me. That was funny. Uh, Vandal is that a New York happened? City club. That, that was amazing. That was last year for my birthday. Nice. Did who approached who in that situation? They approached me. That's Good great. For you. Yeah, they were like, "This yeah. is gonna be a this is <laughs> yeah, gonna be a great yeah. situation." We got a DJ that was built for this place. <laughs> yeah, no, it was super, super. That was a fun time, and it was very weird because they're like, "Wait, what?" People just were hitting me up, Ryan Vandal. I, wait, I'm super confused. <laughs> so when we talk, uh, when we talk about social media and bars and restaurants getting their stuff together, as far as perception to the public and utilizing these tools that are kind of built in to generate um what's the word i'm looking for clientele just make Revenue it up. streams make it up. <laughs> just make them <laughs> is is there something that you can tell these guys that are listening that are looking to brand themselves maybe equally as well that when you guys see ryan vandal and see everything that he's put out you're going to say this is good stuff this is quality, and this is maybe how we should be branding or look at branding our spots to generate yeah. more business and income. Is there something that they can do easily to just change perception? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I think we touched on being relatable, so I think that's super important. Um, and having something as simple, like for bringing up Smokehouse, that's just a simple logo. It's cool. People remember it. Um, Ryan Vandal logo, it's cool. I mean, we were talking about like a restaurant. I mean, do something simple. Don't make it too complicated for people to understand. Make them think about it. My buddy, is, his name is DJ4B. Just bringing back the DJ thing. You know how many 4Bs you see on the highway, traffic, you know, exit signs, apartment numbers? Like That's relatable. I love him, but if I didn't like him, I'd fucking see 4B everywhere and I'd still be like, fuck, fuck this guy. <laughs> but it, it's the homie. But yeah, it's... it's you know, that's kind of in your face, no matter what. It was a very smart move on his part. Are we to the point where we're shedding DJ from guys' names and just going with guys' names? It's good and it's bad because... It's um, good as a search term, but it's yeah. terrible when as people like, don't, like... If you didn't say I was a DJ, I don't think people would know. If you go through my phone and you go straight to the D and J after, it's a ridiculous list I, and it aggravates me. I Here's actually want to show you. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. Yep. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Touching on that, I think that... You, yeah, you could, you could scroll for that's a second. Probably, that's like the same yep. for uh, each profession, because my phone's listed with, like, chef. So it's like Chef Ethan, Chef Josh, blah, blah, <laughs> yeah. blah, you know? And, and that's also a signifier of, you know, what realm you live in yeah. at the end of the day, too. Just, does yours say 
owner Chad, <laughs> owner John, server by, by restaurants. Oh. So that's a little easier. Uh, I used to work. I used to work for a guy that would look for female bartenders, obviously, to come behind the bar. And he would write female bartender. <laughs> no, <laughs> he concept. would not. He would put the name, and then he would put exclamation points and the number of exclamation points that were after the name were how much he needs to get this girl behind the bar oh my god <laughs> everybody has their little tips and tricks shout out to um ryan leslie that's my boy he has this whole kind of super phone app that is basically to connect with your fans like so you can have a bunch of instagram twitter followers facebook whatever if that went away tomorrow let's say for a restaurant if you can't text these people you don't have their numbers how are you going to reach them so that's important. So going back to the whole kind of DJ thing, chef thing, I think you need to know, you know, who you want to work with and who's, as far as your clients, as far as people that your vendors, your suppliers, whatever. Keeping a really cool contact uh, book and list of, you need to talk to, he says, thirty people a day. Um, but it really depends. Yeah, you need to keep in keep in the know and be in the know of what people's doing, even though it's hard because we're in twenty twenty where like every second something new comes out. It's right? Like, yeah. Talking to 30 people a day. I is... talk to 30 people by noon. Well, they're, well, excuse you, they're me, usually Mr. restaurant they're, owner. They're talking to him. Yeah. Well, they're <laughs> calling him to get the bills paid. Yeah. <laughs> owner problems. <laughs> uh, but in talking to 30 people a day, that's kind of just opening yourself up to create new business, essentially, right? Or bounce off of somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just kind of, you know, you should be talking to people that you uh, want to do business with and you're friends with and. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important, the, the community that you're in. I mean, in anything, I, you know, you talk to a bunch of people, you have friends in airlines, friends in construction, friends in whatever. So, so associate yourself with, in the right areas. Yeah, why not? People should be helping each other, it I would, think. It would be funny at A-List when one of the shows would bring in a guest that was in town, and then the next morning I'd wake up and go to Angela Yee's show on yeah. Sirius. Uh-huh. And the guest would walk in, and he'd be like, oh, Jay, what's up? <laughs> and, I, and Angela would be like... Why do you know our intern? <laughs> like, well, well, we were just hanging out yesterday at the other radio station. That's it. Uh, but it's and it's important to surround yourself around the people that you need to be working with. And Anums, I'm sure you send out messages to other chefs and be like, "Check what I just made." No, I don't do that. Did you not hear him talk to 30 people a day? This is. I, I mean, maybe I'm I working will. on it. Maybe I will, not, but does it count if you post a picture and 30 people look at it? I mean, I do that. Man. But I don't like send pictures off to people. I mean, people. It, it also like, it doesn't matter how many people like your photo or interaction. It's actually who actually does something about it. Right. That's why I think the followers and likes are kind of, doesn't right. really, it's, it looks all just like a smoke and mirror type of thing. You know, they have to, people have to actually with the cell phone, you know, just touching on it because it's easier. I could, we were texting like one, two, three, you right. know. We were talking about that earlier. It's more about engagement than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and uh, it shouldn't be a, you know, it's a quality, quality. Sorry, fuck. Quality over quantity type of deal, you know? Yeah. So you can get somebody to react, whether it's coming into the restaurant and react to food or on Instagram and share it with somebody, or if they see you at a party and they decide, you know what, I'm gonna take a video of this guy and send it to all my friends, that's that's the quality part. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that you did helps. something to make them react. So. Well, you see it. Someone was there. They yeah. saw me DJ. Then they were friends with you. Then they were posted it or something. Right. It's called the it. tumbleweeding effect. That's it. It's domino effect. Yeah. Tum- how, yeah. how much are you now out marketing like yourself, in the sense of going to jobs trying to get a job, or are you more getting requests in? Um, so I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely I'm. 
the one I'm not the one to say like oh I don't I'm I'm really behind it full force you know it may not look like it like because I'm always out DJing but I'm definitely um, front and center when it comes to trying to find the right brands you want to work with or the marketing or sending out hundreds of emails a day and you know it's yeah it's crazy well, I hope so you have all day to do it I mean you're <laughs> working at night <laughs> See, that, and, uh, <laughs> then it comes into the segue of you know owning a business being a DJ and also being a dad a single dad so that in itself is I guess is a is a balance um, so dealing with that is pretty cool now so put yourself back in I guess 18 to 22 year old rise shoes I was upset for sure well well it's like you're trying to get the gigs well I was always always pushing I was always pushing to do more like I had these stupid little goals in my head that's like all right by 19 I'm gonna do this by 20 or by 21 but like it didn't happen I think it, it was never a clear it was never a clear goal. Yeah, but shoot for the stars and land in the moon. You're right. You're close, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, exactly. And I I feel that heavily. But in that point too, you're saying, All right, I need more bar gigs maybe because that's how money comes in. Right. And how do you go about and we're speaking to everyone out here that might be pulling on DJs or whatnot, how do you go about getting that business? Um well, I think music plays a big part in you know, restaurants and bars and nightclubs as a whole. So I think telling those people, you know, and you're actually adding value. So depending on what they want to do at the night, I don't know whether they're selling, you know, making a lot of money at the bar, there's a good DJ and that person's coming in and, you know, bringing people. Um, but I think that helps. I think adding value and kind of telling them, hey, like this is music kind of makes everything go around, puts people in a better mood, uh, depending on what you're playing and when you're playing it. The good, a good music curator can really like make the night go. So, how do I? Sorry, I'm giving you these long-winded answers. <laughs> no, feel, you should be giving us these I, long-winded answers. I feel we like, got time. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I just think that it's uh, it's important to kind of like say this is the value that I can give you. So, how do you quantify that value to a bar owner, or a restaurant owner? Because I know everybody that walks in and says, "I can do this at your place." You know, we've done a couple live, like we've had live music, right. guys playing, and they're always like. I can come in and, you know, we can make a good night out of it. And I'm always like, no, no, I'm going to have a good night, whether you're there or not. You want me to pay you, you know, to to play, and you're telling me that that's going to add value. So how do you quantify that? Because I've always struggled with it. Like, how do I know? I I think the term add value is a bad bad term to use because that's kind of what a lot of people like say. You get emails, people like, I can add value. Yeah, I agree. It's a bad task. Like, like, fuck off, you know, block. (laughs) But... Um, asking questions, right? Like that's important. What you actually, what do you want to know from? If, for example, since we're on the music topic, if um, I was to come into a restaurant and say, "Hey, I would love to be your DJ for a night," asking questions and saying exactly what they want from you, you know, and I think finding out what their struggles are. Um, you know, DJs aren't promoters. That's the promoter's job. I could bring people. People might come to listen to music, but they're not. I'm not going to guarantee to pack. Smokehouse, you know, or right. another restaurant. Everyone has to do their job, but you, you could though. I could. No, I, I, I mean, I could, but I think that that's not. It, it's you know, the music. It turns back to the music. There's a value that's important, and you have to find out. Talk to you owner. What do you want? What are you expecting from it? And you, you just shed light on something else too. And because everyone works in a different type of business model, it's important to note too that you have nightlife. That's really a club. Mm-hmm. Business. You have nightlife that's a bar 
that turns into kind of a club at night that's more of like a, a mid-sized venue maybe or even smaller than that right and then you have restaurants that maybe once in a while they do something with live music on and it's important for you i think as a dj to note what the specific place is doing before you even pitch them something 100%. so you know how to attack live yeah you gotta do your research and the history and maybe go there a couple of nights and see what's up and and then, and then you should kind of have an idea of what you want to do and what you want to ask them and how you can actually add value to them. I mean, just adding music is great if you know what you're doing. It's, complete, it's a completely different vibe, if they're, whether they're getting like a live band or they're getting a DJ. I mean, the music's loud. It attracts people. It's fun. I mean, everyone loves music if it's done the right way. Right. Going back to what you were saying with, yeah. the, mu- with the, la- you know, yeah. the laptop DJs is like, yeah, anyone people you key on doing it the right way right so yeah. you have to really focus I was about to say so do you have like a schedule when you're DJing at night do you say like at 10pm I'm going to get a lot louder and more rambunctious with the music to get people onto the dance floor or are we trying to like keep people shuffling back and forth between the bar yeah so I like to say I have, a, I have a, over the time I had a good like you know read of crowd and kind of have it determined and also speaking with the owners and seeing what the kind of vibe I guess that they want um, but yeah, I mean, you're, let's just say for a nightclub, for example, right? You're starting at like, if you're doing the whole night, that's rare. But if you are, it's 11 to 4, basically, or 4.30, depending. And yeah, you want to first, people are just, it's like any party, right? People are mingling, hanging out. You want to get them get them over to the bar, get some drinks. So, you so like, what, what type of music are you playing for that? So I'm, I'm basically, I'm an open format DJ. So it's kind of all over the board. You have um, to be. Yeah, and, and when I saw open format, it's not like your new DJs today that are like hip-hop, house, rock. It's like, you know, and I, I kind of get in trouble at a lot of the clubs because I just kind of play whatever I want to play, and <laughs> that's why. going to bring that up. We'll yeah, touch on that in a second. Yeah, but yeah, so answer your question, I think it's kind of, as far as music, I don't think I have a specific genre, but relating to people. So whether it's Smash Mouth or uh, Semi-Charmed Life or, you know, certain songs like that that people can relate to, or going back to, I got cool mixes. I could do a Sade mix with a hip-hop beat. I mean, you just, you just want people to be excited and happy the whole time. And, and it should be a wave, right? It should bring people back to, oh, shit, I was in middle school and this came out of high school. <laughs> or that's, I think that's the most important thing. There's not really, I have to curate each kind of event, so I don't really have a playlist. It would help. Like a general thing, yeah. Yeah. So you change, like, speed, like the speed of the music based on, like, hey, I want everybody to go, go to the bar right now. Yeah. And, and and when I'm allowed to speak at gigs, and most of the time certain clubs, you know, depending on sometimes I don't I don't headline that often some of the clubs. And when you're opening and closing, there's like kinda gotta stay your part and mm-hmm. you can't really you, you know You can't play the top songs that are hot at that moment. Well that that's no. not a, that's never an issue when you know you know, I mean there's songs that were Well if you're not headlining. You're not headlining other right, DJs but, would not appreciate that so much. Oh of course. No, there's definitely a DJ code, but any any good DJ knows like I guess it's called burning, right? You don't want to burn the DJ uh, after you with all you don't want to play the newest like yo you played that Nicki Minaj song twelve times sh- yeah. I was ready for it <laughs> yeah no but it's but it's you know it's knowing the music and, and knowing the crowd and going back to like your music history I mean I could I could rock five hours on songs just from you know 2010 right so you know it's knowing what what works so yeah now you have to, the 90s the, all the way up until 2020 depending on where you're doing yeah uh, as a as a bartender. Our money in that nightlife-ish atmosphere oftentimes depends on the DJ playing the records. And yep. like we just said a second ago, 
uh, the tempo or the BPM of the record matters because right. the faster the tempo is, the faster people are chugging their drinks and they're coming back to the bar to get more. Right. You have to you have to set it up though, right? Correct. You, there has to be that type of up and down and wave throughout the night. You want, you know, it's not going to be straight pumping EDM or straight hip hop. But whole you night. would never let Celine Dion, "My Heart Will Go On," fly for anything more than like a twenty second laugh, if that, right? Like, right. Yeah, and you just you you do things to get reactions and. You know, when, uh, back to the point of when you can talk on the mic, you know, you know, tip your bartenders, you know, go get, the, I mean, sometimes, you know, depending on what the spot is, but showing love to the club. I think we all knew Showing love to the, oh, no, I went back to like the strip club days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that reminder Show, never helps. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was funny because I used to, yeah, they used to, I mean, and management and all that has a lot to do with, you know, certain how certain restaurants and nightclubs and bars run because it's, they have their formula of how they want to do things, right? Well, a lot of these places, too, I'm sure you've been through this before. If you're in a hip-hop set, like, they'll clip you at seven minutes. Flip the format after that. You're getting seven minutes right so, now. Some and people it. don't know what the fuck is going on at all. Just, like, just because they're the managers or whatever, that's not programming anyone specifically, but in general, there's they're not, they're not DJs, you know? Like, they don't come into the fucking kitchen and be like yeah. yo man this burger sucks or whatever like fam we you know we should start allowing that though. <laughs> <laughs> but i but i get it that's, how, that's like that's their job they and and they, they you know they they have a part they kind of just let people do what they got to do when it comes to that you know if so, they're good and they know what they're a doing. lot of these strips concerned at least around here by us a lot of the strips concerned is if you're playing too much rap music and yep. hip hop that it's going to cause a fight scene or something and guys oh, yeah. are going to start acting tougher De- definitely than they play, are definitely played a couple of records that started fights yeah <laughs> and I'm sure that was on your set the club on fire that was it. That when was the, the promoter one. doesn't pay you a he knows what, what was the number one song that started a fight oh Annie Up <laughs> definitely <laughs> yeah fantastic I can see it I yeah. can definitely see it yeah, it gets crazy. <laughs> in doing a transition from your younger years and showing up to you know you know little town bars into transitioning into a club where it's a lot different, I think, of a spectrum. Yeah, yeah. You know, a little town bar you might show up into and you look at their DJ booth and you're like, I've got to bring all my own shit mm-hmm. versus going into a club that has a lot more money behind them that's set up to bring DJs in all the time where the booth may be a little bit better. Right. Is there things that you have to bring in your toolkit just to be ready for? So, so yeah, so funny is that. So my 10 year reunion of high school is coming up. Right. And I think it's funny because going on touching on bars, I love like that music, the flexibility to actually be open format and play whatever you want to play is with, again, people that you can relate to people you grew up with. And that's, they're not putting me in a box. Like when I, I can play whatever I want really at a bar for the most part. Clubs, kind of stuck to this genre, depending on who you are as a DJ. Or what their club night is. What the club night man. is, right. Um, I know that's why I don't do too many clubs. You know, I'm certain it's like, I, I don't like really being put in a box. So, so I've been on a very difficult journey sometimes with like being allowed to play at certain clubs and not and this and that. And being open format and from a business perspective, being open format allows you to get, I think, more business. Yeah. So it's more quantity there. Mm-hmm. And also lets you do more corporate stuff, I'm sure, too, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But in going into a club venue where it might be like Tony Touch Night downstairs, you may not be labeled in a certain genre of music where they go, 
now nah, we can't mess with him because he doesn't really specialize in this specifically. Well, that's that's kind of the thing that's like I'm not the biggest fan of diners just because I feel like you can't. I mean, you just can't do. You can't make great Italian food and a good burger, and then I don't know. You're a chef. So yeah, I don't, no, I know exactly. Every what you type mean. of food, you know. That was I love, so. So we talked about I this last week. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> that was my exact argument against um, this thing called a ghost kitchen, where they'll take one kitchen and they'll operate a whole bunch of different concepts out of it, uh-huh. kind of like a diner, but not. I mean, a diner's not quite as extreme. Right. But so I was telling Jay, there's like literally no way you could have one of those concepts and have the food be good because how can you specialize in everything at the same time? So I agree to some point. Also, depending on the chef, right? Like if you have really, but okay, if you have a really, if you have a really good chef that's experienced in, just like take for example, let's say off-premise catering, right? They do yeah. a, different types of events. That is. They're not just making. That's versatile. I see what right, you're saying. Right. You can you can put a lot of but, things under that one umbrella. But you're right. For the most part, like, you can't. They can't do everything. You the guy that makes great tacos is not making a amazing the best pizza or something. Right. Like that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's all I'm saying. So, in your kit of things that you bring to the club, I'm sorry, I I'll never answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so what do you? <laughs> yeah. I said, so, so what do you bring to the club? And he goes. So diners. <laughs> if anyone, yeah, when, when people listen to this, they're gonna be like, "That's definitely like gonna be like a meme or something." <laughs> so back to the question. I was just gonna uh, let it go. Yeah, I mean, you have to be prepared for anything. So whether that's you mean as far as equipment, I'm saying, what problems do you walk into? Because it's always different when you walk into a new spot. You don't know what their equipment's like. You don't so know what conditions. Sh- in. Shouts to uh, Fat Fingers. He. He taught yes. me some scratching and some cool, and it was, he kind of taught me that club and shortcuts and a bunch of people I know, but it was not just, oh, wow, thank you. <laughs> so great. Scr- the best you, ever. Do you, do you use those to scratch? I, I love them. I just, I just handed him something. This what are those? Great. These are, those, we thought those are for you. It's a gift. That. Thank you so much. I got some amazing technique needles and they they don't make these anymore. Do they not? Oh, they give me those back. I'm going to need those for eBay later on. <laughs> um, thank you, man. I appreciate it. You yeah. know, it, well, explain what those are. to. So, yeah, listening. these are, we have a stylus and we have a needle. And these are basically, you're putting these cartridge, you're putting this on the turntable. If you're using actual turntables, like 1200, you're going to use these and you're going to scratch. So this is obviously important for people that don't use this. They're gonna be using C, you know, CDs or whatever their laptop. So, this is yeah, this is the key, man. This is where DJ started. So you you set that up perfectly when you brought up Fat Fingers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I he, did. he gets his name. He gets his name because yeah, he's he a master of scratching things. He is. It's he's, crazy. If we'll have to put that up on the actual Instagram page uh, because it's amazing to just watch these hand skills move he's, around. He's a fucking beast. Insane. Yeah. So now going back to your questions, thank you again for this. I'm gonna I'm gonna answer your question. So <laughs> as far as thank the, you for that. Because I didn't know if like he was asking me or it was just like an intro, a segue to the gift. But yes, as far as equipment and things you have to bring and like Fat Fingers was like telling me, I mean, there's a whole etiquette to like DJing in a club, like distractions. I mean, there's people coming up, these girls think that there's a coat check, they think you're the bartender, there's just people... Or, or Becky wants that song played. Exactly. And then, and then Becky, listen, I'm de- and most of the time there's people there that like control that, but if there's not, and it's just like, hey, Becky, I can't, and then her boyfriend comes over and the whole thing, and then the uh, fight started over there, so the bouncer's not there, and he's like, oh man, I need my fucking song played. I'm like... And then the people that's like, here's like... 
throwing in some money. You have to be, it's, it's a crazy business. I don't think people look at it as a, as a business. That's probably why I don't have a girlfriend because it's like the craziest schedule and, you know, it's, it is. It's a career, it's a DJ, it's a job, um, but a lot goes into it. And I think people don't see, like, just like owning a restaurant and owning a company, the behind the scenes and the hours and hours and times that go into exactly what you want to do, that's, that, you know, you have to kind of show that. But people don't see, they just see, oh, you're at clubs popping bottles and the celebrity's there yeah. and, Right. Just like this, like going back to a restaurant. Just like everything else, people want to see the good stuff. Everybody wants to see the content, but no one wants to see the work. Exactly. I'm doing, I'm doing a vlog, documentary type of thing of like my whole kind of evolution as a DJ. Even though I don't think I've really, I haven't made it where I want it to, but I think it's good to show the progression and the downs, the lows, for sure. Highs, yeah. Because you've had a lot of progression, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's and it wasn't. It's a good um, kind of lesson to learn that there wasn't a clear path of what I wanted to do. And now I do have one, so I think that's a big lesson to learn. Even in owning your own business or when you're starting a restaurant, what, who do you want to attract? You want to cater to everybody? Do you want to only cater to certain? Yeah, certain, just you know? like being clear in your path is important. Like as far as um, like smokehouse, you obviously people can't go and get pizza there, right? Like well, you, so you could for a little while, one, in okay, one time. <laughs> what, yeah, so so I guess there was this one day. <laughs> It's like two weeks ago when this restaurant burned <laughs> I mean, down. It was yeah. definitely a lot longer than a day when you could come to Smokehouse and get yeah, pizza. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Do you, um, Super Bowl, the place caught on fire if you didn't catch that. Yeah. That's not what we were talking about. That's not what we were talking about, actually. Oh, I thought that yes, was the that day was pizza. The, people were getting pizza and coming in when that, oh. but he's talking about we actually had we pizzas, had pizzas on, on the menu, menu at one point. Oh, yeah. Remember when you designed the menu with the pizza on it? No. Stone fire pizzas? No. You, you didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I have the worst short-term memory. You know, anybody... Good thing that was like four years ago. <laughs> anyway, to tie it back in, just like yeah. you were saying, gotcha. we realized that wasn't the right way to go, so we right. focused. Yeah. And do you think that you're missing... Like, you think you can get a lot of... You guys are doing phenomenal with the branding and the marketing and the, and the business, but... Because I know, because... <laughs> I love the reverse <laughs> interview. <laughs> because... No, I know, because I love it, because it's so simple. <laughs> you, you should see these fucking restaurants you drive by that doesn't make any sense when you're when no, you're driving. You ignore it. So, ignore this monkey over here. <laughs> so no, no, because I was saying it's, it's great because well, he found his his niche and what he wants to do. But do you feel like you're ever missing out on people that want other types of food? Like if someone doesn't, no, like, no, okay, no. Yeah, I used to. Now I don't. Right, so it's just yeah. that you have like that lane that you're going in, and that's it. Yeah, I feel yeah, like we sure. talked about this a couple of episodes ago. It's about like finding what you want people to come to you for. Yeah, make yeah. Yeah, what make people want, want people to want exactly, right? Exactly. And, make, and you right. put that out there, and you do it well, and that's all. That's all you need you to do. do. The social media, great too. The pictures are thanks. Always, yeah. Whoever we, he, you do them right, he's improving on that. I, I, I almost said we're improving, on that, but he's he's improving on that. Uh, we are, we are, we're a team. Okay, we are yes, as okay. one improving on this. We we are growing in the social media aspect. Yeah, he does he does well now. You're uh, like a little bit of a burger snob, right? I love burgers. Yeah, yeah. I notice that. I don't know if you notice if you follow him every once in a while. Yeah. He'll post like a burger from different places. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then you, right, were, you were doing like your own burgers at one point. I what's saw your, you. What's your, yeah. what's your favorite burger right now? So let's see. I was Not at, just local, just like yeah. Indiana. So I was at I was at IPIC and they had this thing, uh, Chef Capon. I think that's how you say it. Capon, yeah. Josh Capon. Yeah. Yep. Shouts to him. He he made a really cool burger, uh, and I was obsessed with that for a while. And then there's different uh, different burgers, Schweden uh, Sons. Sweden sauce, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That's yeah. a meat. Um, yeah, I try to kind of make my own burgers and and take different 
you know, meats and I, I'd I'd like you to come down and try our new burger. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, Smokehouse is the no, no, not for sure. No, not his spot. Yeah. Your spot. I'm not at Smokehouse anymore. What's this burger comprised of? Um, so we our new burger is a revisit to our first burger, which is a French onion soup burger. Oh, awesome. Um, so we're buying uh like a quarter of a steer, quarter of a cow. We grind it up ourselves. So that's where the meat comes from. So you're getting a little bit of all sorts of different cuts from the cow. Um, the burger is topped with tubby cheese. That's what it's called. Um, it's a local cheese, local to, I believe, like Brooklyn or something like that. Um, then a French onion jus. So a, like an onion sauce uh, made with dry aged beef fat, um, chopped onions. I believe there's some cognac in there as well. The burger is topped with uh, tempura fried onion rings. Gotta and try it's it. super nice. It's yeah. a super nice what you, burger. What makes a good burger, in your opinion? Um, a good patty. A good patty is made up of a good blend of beef, so it's not going to be just one straight cut of meat. Um, outside of that, you for sure need a good sturdy bread, not something like a seeded white roll that's going to get soggy and fall apart. A nice yep. brioche or something similar. doesn't have to be brioche. Brioche is good because it's a little bit sweet. Other than that, you want a nice sharp cheese that's going to stand out and not get lost in all the like juiciness of the burger. Um some sort of good sauce that's going to add a little bit of acidity, some sort of like extra flavor to contrast between the meat and the cheese, and then not too much else after that. Like you don't want too many other toppings like lettuce, onions, and not too much of it at least. But I mean, bun, bun to patty ratio. Bun to patty yeah. ratio is it's important. the underrated hero of the of the burger. Yeah, and so for for all of you, when you're getting your burger cooked, what are you getting at? What do you think I am, a serial killer? <laughs> Truthfully, it depends on where I'm getting the burger from, but I'm medium rare to medium. Never yeah. higher than medium. Yeah, I'm with you. I Same wouldn't go that. lower than medium rare, and medium rare depends on where I'm getting it from. It's Got really it. tough in this industry, too, when somebody orders something that's well done. I know Noom said he doesn't get offended by it at all, but I do. I don't. Because yeah. I just I, think about it in my head, and I go, why would you want to eat it like that? people aren't educated on it. That's why. People that's why are I educated, love that you guys are doing you also don't this. know everybody's story. So I don't know if I told you about this. I think I did. This happened when I was working in Maranek one time. Um, somebody, I think it was on a Sunday, Michaela was working. She was the one who brought the ticket into the kitchen. And this, like, changed my perspective on, like, questioning people on their orders and whatnot. Ticket comes in. It's for a steak and mashed potatoes and, like, fried onions the whole way we serve our steak. But then um, Michaela comes in and she's like, this is going to be weird. And you can say no if you're busy and you don't have time. I get it. Just whatever. But I got to tell you, apparently the person wanted us to put their entire like steak meal in the blender. And I was like, uh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> but then she went on to tell me why. And it was because the dude just had a stroke and he couldn't chew, but he really um. wanted our food. And I was like, OK. So at first I was about to just be like, no, get the fuck out of here with this like <laughs> retarded request. But then she told me, I was like, all right. So, like, you kind of got to give people a chance a little bit. Like, especially if somebody, like, really wants your food. Like, What if they had a bad experience at a restaurant when they ordered something that they thought was going to be medium rare? And it, uh, is it too rare? Maybe. I don't yeah, you know, know. Don't, you could be scarred. Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean. Judging you on someone else's mistake. If they're paying for it, up, you just. Right? I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that, but <laughs> I think that. What, yeah. what are some of the restaurants that you're kind of looking at right now and you're like, hey, this is one of my favorite places to be? Um, and don't say smokehouse. I'll punch <laughs> you in the neck. Um, Burger and Barrel is great. And that's in the city. Yeah, I've heard of Burger and Barrel. Um, yeah, surprise. Cape Town again, right? Yeah, 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 spot. Yeah. Spot, yeah. I don't really go to a lot of burger restaurants to be. No, honest. it doesn't have to be a burger spot. Oh, just restaurants in general. Yeah. yeah. Um, man, I don't really. I don't. I really cook. My, I, I honestly, I cook my own food a lot. Good for I, you. I haven't been going out. Yeah. Awesome. 
Uh, I think that that's, that's also the worst answer for like this podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not though. You, you know, you can't go out every single it's night. Honest. It's honest. It's there's, yeah. there's stop, spe- stop selling lies. Go <laughs> out every people, night, twice a day, lunch, dinner. Well, there's people that don't cook, right? And I right. think that's a huge expense to them at the end of the day. Well, I when mean, the food, sometimes the food's paid for it depending on where, you know. Yeah, and when I'm Shit. cooking at home, too, <laughs> I, I get in a competition with myself where I go, how cheap can I put together an awesome meal yeah. That's nice and burger. get that serving size down or that serving cost down to, like, $2 or something like that or $2.50? And then I go, Shit, I just produced an awesome thing to eat at home where I would have paid 18 to 24 bucks in a restaurant for this. Serafina, yeah. too. Serafina was, is super good. They had a great burger that I got there. Um, if you are, let's say, making a home burger, how would you go against, like, I guess, going to get the meat for it? Like, you wouldn't, for people that don't know about, you wouldn't go to, like, Stop and Shop or, like, something and just get, like, their ground Well, meat. see, here's the thing now. Okay, well, stop, and shop, stop and Shop on Palmer Avenue, New Rochelle. No they sell um, Stop and Shop. <laughs> they sell the Schweiden Sons beef. You can buy. Oh, sh- that, well, that I've, yeah. Yeah, I'm I've just done saying that too. they're actual, like, just going to a. Probably wouldn't do that. No, right? Because <laughs> you don't know where the cuts are from. And yeah. Can I, get, can I give you guys my burger recipe and you can shit on me all you want? Yeah, please. So I'll go to Stop and Shop. Okay. They're going to be our sponsor in like three months. Okay. <laughs> See, now uh, I'm like never going so back I'm, to the <laughs> I go to Stop and Shop and I'll grab 80-20 beef mm-hmm. and I'll chop up red onion, finally. Are you one I'll of those like there. maniacs that mixes the onion into the burger? Yep, uh-huh. Totally. And so but the, but like you said before, right the bun to burger <laughs> ratio. You also have to have an appropriate onion to beef ratio. Also, what else? It's important not to overshine. Yeah, what else do you put in, top in the, the burger? A little, a little light garlic chopped up as well. Okay, and then a little parsley. Boom, done deal. Little in barbecue sauce on top. <clears throat> little barbecue sauce on top, and then I throw that mustard cheese on top of. How that many thing. times do you see cheese. people serve serve grilled parsley? <laughs> I don't know. Just, I'm just saying. I haven't seen I'm just saying that these are these are that's things. What you're doing. If, if you talk course. about my mother like this one more time, all right? I was raised on these recipes, and they're fantastic. So you're grilling this, or you're putting it in a pan? I'm putting this on a cast iron. Got it. And yep. what are you doing? Three minutes. Probably about, well, I like a thick patty also here. So how so big of a patty are you talking about? This is a learning experience. I don't know. How, how big would you say this patty is? Because I have to let this thing cook on each side for about six four to minutes. Ounces. Yeah, six to eight ounces. Then. Like four minutes on each side gets me mid-rare to mid, probably. So the only reason I wouldn't put things into the burger patty is because you're not going to be sure exactly where they end up inside the patty. So let's say you put some like garlic in the patty and it ends up on the outside layer that's on the cast iron pan. That garlic's going to burn. You're going to have this burnt acrid garlic flavor on the outside of your burger. So that's the only reason I wouldn't do things like that. Science. See, yeah. and this is why we have a chef in the room, so he could <laughs> scold me every time I do dumb shit in the kitchen. I mean, unless you're looking for that flavor. I was gonna, I was scolding you, too. I just didn't have a reason for it. <laughs> so, what, so what are you doing with your burgers? Then? <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm, uh, I'm definitely getting, like, Schweiden and Sons is good. I just got the Wahlburgers recently. How was it? I haven't had those. It was yet. good. Yeah. Shouts to Mark Wahlberg and the whole family. Have you been there? No. Wahlburgers? No. Big in Boston, Boston. Boston. I know. I, yeah. You would think I would have been there. Um, yeah, no, they were good. I, I kind of have this whole like three minute, three and a half minutes, medium, uh, temp, you know, on, on the pan. I don't know. I'm no chef. Yeah, you know, but I like I make <laughs> yeah, but it work. You're, you're I, cooking though. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I haven't got sick, so it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm doing. That's it always right. a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right. Tell them where to find you. You're uh, going on tour also soon. I am. Going where are you on going? Tour. So I got booked through um, Virgin Voyages. This is um. 
Richard Branson's company. Richard Branson's company. Just have you met him? Really, I will. <laughs> well, um, yeah, he's. We have a bunch of press and events we're doing. It's going to be going from his private island to Miami to New York. They're actually they collaborated with hotels tonight, so it's pretty cool. People are going to be hanging out on the on like the ship mm. for like like a day or two, it's just kind of chilling. And uh, before it takes off, I think it's so so cool as a boat. The boat is amazing. It's, so um, you can find me uh, at DJ Ryan Vandal on Instagram and across all social media platforms. And my website will be up soon before the boat leaves. The actual site. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's just a temporary before holding. Before the tour, yeah, it's you know I have to keep it gotcha. up to date. You know. Okay. Yeah, but that's it. I have a lot of music coming out, original music, and yeah, uh, shouts to uh, you guys, coolest podcast, and uh, that's it. It's Ryan Vandal. I'm out. Peace. Like what you've heard? Hit that follow button to the podcast so we could land in your audio platform's new release section. Really like what you've heard? Share the show with a friend in this industry. Besides, all growth starts from the ground.